ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Oki Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Oki Podcast. And on today's episode, I have another great guest. He is an actor, father, Muskogee Creek citizen. My guest for today is James Whitecloud. Hello. I appreciate the invite, man. It's it's uh, I'm excited. I've uh, been here a lot of the shows, and you know, I, I couldn't wait to be a part of it. I think it's a, this is I think this is a real neat thing you're doing, man. It gives a lot of people a chance to you know uh, talk about what they're doing, and uh, you know, people like to promote themselves. You know, mm-hmm. it gives them a place to do it, a safe place to do it. Yeah, man. Uh, no problem, man. You know, I've, I've I heard of you through my brother Scott and. I, I was checking you out and, you know, just what you've been doing and I haven't got to see any of your movies yet, but I plan on doing it, you know, just been busy with things, but we'll talk about that. But yeah, man, thanks so much for coming out, just um, making time to come over, man. Like, I appreciate it. We're all busy, but shoot, showing that love, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> man, it, it's, uh, you know, yeah, man, it's no problem. Like I said, it's. I was excited to do it from the time, you know, you contacted me and, uh, you know, I, I started seeing everybody that was on the podcast and uh, enjoying the conversations and I said, hell yeah, I'll show up and talk about myself for, you know, a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, again, I appreciate it. So James, for the listeners, could you tell, you know, just where you're, where you're from, where you grew up? What was that like? You know, what kind of led into just everything that you're doing? You know, because before we even started, you know, you're talking about having other things that you've been doing, but acting is kind of becoming the primary thing that you want to do. So I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I was raised in Preston. Um, I I went to school at Preston for about, uh, I don't know how many years it was, but I know I left in uh, ninth grade, eighth or ninth grade. I had moved to Old Mogi. And uh my grandparents lived there and I was you know, when I was younger I was fortunate enough to have you know, my great great grandmother my yeah, my great great grandmother, my grandmother, and my great grandmother. That was all in the wrong order, but you know, I had all of them and uh my great grandmother and my great aunt had uh some houses in uh Preston. And that's where we did a lot of growing up, you know, out there in the country. And uh, like I was saying, I, you know, you feel like you kind of outgrow some places. And uh, I think about eighth or ninth grade, uh, I just felt like, uh, I don't know, it was, it was like I didn't fit in, you know, in that small country town. And uh, my grandmother had moved to Okmogee. She moved to the Claude Cox edition, what they later renamed the homes and uh you know i got there and the we were you know young kids running the streets and um because uh, that put a lot of natives together in one spot and in, in omogi you know and um all of us coming up you know we're all teenagers young you know my brother was there my brother's friends and all those guys were there some older guys and um you know, you want to be like the big boys, the bad boys, you know, and that led me down a, a path where I was, you know, kicked out of Old Mogi and later on I was sent to Sequoia back when it was uh, 
a little bit rougher, a little bit different than it is today. And um, I was asked to leave there, and I went on to uh, live with my sister in Virginia, Arlington, Virginia. And this is 1988, 80, you know, nine, and crack is hitting, and it, man, it was a wild place. And, uh, you know, to get out there and see that, you know, I thought that was it. I thought that was life, man. I loved it out there. Um, you know, I was, I think we lived a mile from the Pentagon and, you know, all this, you know, all this stuff that people fly from all over the country to see, you know, is right around the corner from us. And it was, it was nice, man. I, you know, I thought that was what I wanted and, you know, uh, it, it was, you, man, it, I, I can't explain it, what it was like. It was, it was nice though. And, um, you know, my nephew was born, uh, I think she had, she had my nephew like a year later, something like that. And, uh, we came back to Oklahoma and, uh, you know, I was still craving that, that lifestyle that, you know, bright lights, big city, I guess, or something. I don't know, man. It was, it was strange. It was a strange time, you know, and, um, not wanting to listen to anyone or anything. You couldn't tell me anything. Um, my brother was a basketball star in high school. My sister was, uh, the smart one, you know, she, uh, I was always compared to those two, you know, and I was you know, always trying to be smart, be athletic and do that. And I didn't want to be the one, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, I guess my way of rebellion was, you know, I fell into alcohol, you know, at an early age or felt like an early age. Um, and, you know, that led me down a destructive path. And I, I thought I wanted, uh, to be all these other things, you know, like I said, my brother was this and that and, you know, run the streets, be a tough guy and this and that. And that was, wasn't really what I wanted, you know, I, I guess I don't, man, there's so much stuff that happened in my first years of life. It's, it's kind of hard to see where everything started going wrong. You know, I lost my dad when I was seven. Uh, he was killed by the Jinx police and shot and killed by the Jinx police. You know, I use that as a crutch to drink, and, you know, drug and this and that. Mm -hmm. um, that was a, uh, you know, it, it things affect you without really knowing how they affect you. You know, and, you, and I didn't have a dad. I was, I was poor me. You know, I, you know, like I was the only one in the world that didn't have a dad. You know, I didn't know how to act. I didn't, you know. So my brother was kind of like my role model. Then I met his dad, and. You know, his dad was, I mean, a bad dude. And, you know, oh, man, he was he was like a, our Scarface, you know, just that type of guy. He was, I mean, you just see it on his face as a guy he didn't play with. And, uh, you know, I thought I wanted to be that, that guy and uh, kind of land you in all kinds of trouble, you know. I just, uh, I was running away from these problems, you know. I'd create these situations and, uh, this path of destruction. I was always trying to outrun it, you know, moving to Farmington, New Mexico. And I go up there, I get a DUI. I get it, come back, I get a DUI. I go to 
Kansas, I get a DUI, you know, <laughs> I was all Damn. over the place just creating havoc and, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't finish high school. I didn't, there's a lot of stuff I didn't finish, you know, and, um, I was just, I, well, you know, really didn't expect to live long, you know, or you think, you know, you're trying to, I don't, I don't understand it to this day what I was thinking, but, uh, you know, it, all these things that I'm talking about uh, made me feel like, uh, you know, at least if you're doing bad, they're still talking about you, you know. You're still, you know, it doesn't matter if you're fucking up or doing good, people are going to talk about you, you know. And since I couldn't do good, I was going to do bad, you know. And mm-hmm. I was doing bad. And, um, you know, I... I I uh, got a little bit older, man, and I, I think it was, well, I know the date. It was uh, November 12th, 2006. Uh, I had gotten a DUI in uh, Wichita, Kansas, and, you know, I made the decision on November 14th, and I sobered up a little bit that, you know, I I sat in my cell, and I was just sat there, you know, and, um, uh you know, I said, man, I'm I'm ready to change. You know, I'm just just tired of living like this. I mean, you, you know, I didn't know who I was talking to. I didn't know, you know, what I believed in or anything. I just said, man, I'm just I'm just ready. You know, throw me in jail, throw me away. I don't I don't care. You know, just let's get this over with and start new. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, that night they said that uh, they were bringing AA classes back into the jail. And um, I had attended my first AA class, and I've been sober ever since. Wow! And it's been, it's, I mean, it's it's been crazy, crazy. If I, when I say crazy, it's I I shouldn't be here right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, through some of the dumb shit I've done, but you know, uh, thankfully, you know, I made it. Mm-hmm. Or I I wouldn't say made it, but I'm doing better. Yeah. You know? you know, alcohol free, drug and alcohol free. You know. Uh, and so, you know, I, I I don't know where all that was going to or coming from, but it, you know, you build on all these things, you know, all these things that happen, and you, uh, well, you hold on to a lot of things, a lot of hurt that you don't know you have, and like I said, you use it as a crutch, and you know, I stayed drunk behind that a long time, and. To finally let all that go, you know, and say, you know, I, I listen to, like I was telling you, I listen to the podcast and I hear everybody talking about uh, just, you know, just be okay with yourself and be able to start over and push through these things. You know, it, it feels good to be on the other side. You know, it, hopefully it lasts. You don't know, but, you know, yeah. it, you hope it lasts. And it, it feels good, uh, you know, to be here, stand here and, to even want to be invited to do something like this now, you know, or whereas before I, I wasn't wanted anywhere, you know, sloppy drunk and this and that, nobody wants you around, you know, when you're like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, to do a, a 180 and land on your feet and be able to take off running, it feels pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. You came to the the reality of like changing. You know, because a lot of people have a hard time accepting that they're fucking up and then saying, like, something does need to change. But then 
they say it, but then they don't do the action that goes with changing. Yeah. You know, so that's always like a, it's always a tough thing with some people, but other people, you know, they do it. Like they'll actually just change and figure out a way to stop doing all this crazy stuff that they're doing, you know, whether it be for their family or like kids or it means a lot, man. Like you listen to the podcast because I had no idea like what I was even going to, what it was even going to do, you know, like, but just having people on and just talking and, you know, it's really cool to hear, or it's really great to hear, you know, the things they've been through. They didn't stay in that lane of doing crazy things, you know, and they've changed for the better. And, you know, I truly believe that everybody can do that, but it just has to be up to that person to want to do that. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's great that, you know, you've changed everything, you know, you're so you're sober now, you know, and you realize you don't need any of that. I mean, I'm not saying like if you have to drink, like moderation's good, you know, to yeah, everybody, that... anybody listening, you know, like, <laughs> but you know, like, like me, like I, fuck, I couldn't like, I knew, like, I mean, I'll have a drinks, I'll have a few drinks here and there, but used to, oh man, <laughs> I began fucking lit, like, and there wasn't even like a problem, but it was becoming a problem. I realized that and I moved on to like pills. And that was insane. Like, that was so stupid of me. And I've done some dumb shit to where I shouldn't even be here doing this, man. So I kind of, and then it, everybody's like, everybody comes on and's like, yo, like, I, I feel like I've done these things and I'm talking about it. So other people don't have to go through that. Yeah. And so that's the way I'm looking at it now where I'm becoming more of like an open book. Like, I don't care about. I mean, I care about the shit I did, but I don't care talking about it. Like, I could talk about it. Yeah. Used to, I used to hold it in and like hide it because I didn't want people to judge me on yeah. the things I did, man. And that's a horrible way to fucking live. <laughs> yeah, that's, and you know that I that is a running thing. It seems like it's a running theme with your shows that people uh, talk about what they've been through. So you know, like you said, it makes or you know it can help somebody else. You know, you think. Oh man, I lost my grandmother. My, you know, I lost my great grandmother, my grandmother, uh, my great grandmother, my great aunt. My, I, uh, you know, my great aunt was being. I was just thinking about this yesterday. My great aunt was being. Uh, I think we were burying her that day, and her oldest daughter had passed away that day, which is my cousin. Oh wow! And. My great aunt's son was presided was preaching over the funeral, and he had been told mid funeral that his sister had passed away that day, and that man is still walking and talking strong, you know, to this day. And, mm-hmm. You know, we all go through these things, and you know, I see, I think he's one of the strongest men I know. You know, to be a man to be able to handle that, your siblings and your mother, and you know, and you're talking about in like a week span. And, uh, so, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people don't have a right to complain, you know I mean? I, yeah, I don't want to get, I don't want people to take that the wrong way, yeah. but you know, I, I'm not going to complain if, oh man, I never get to go out. I never, you know, I never have enough money to go out. Man, there are people that are, you know, losing a lot more than you know your 
you trying to go out or yeah, I don't I don't know, man. It, it's, yeah, I, I feel like there are bigger problems than what a lot of us take on, take and, for granted. Yeah, yeah, and perceive as uh, you know a problem. Um, I feel like with everything that I've been through, I you know now, like you said, it, it's easier to talk about it now because, like you said, there's a freedom in letting it go. Because you hold on to it, man, you're just you're just hiding that hurt. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm what am I? It'd be 15 years sober this year, and you know now I can talk freely about anything. I mean, if you want to talk about my past, that's you know that's cool. But mm-hmm. you know, man, in the times that I've been sober, that's I mean, it sounds cliche, but you know I've done it's a whole nother chapter that. I look at this part of my life and it was dark, man. It was, you know, it, it was, it was real dark. I, you know, I've seen some of the most beautiful places on in America, but I didn't get to explore them because I was wanting to be in a bar. You know, I didn't, I wasn't appreciating, uh, my surroundings, my, my friends, my, you know, just people around me in general. Mm-hmm. And so when I got sober, man, I loved it. You know, my wife gets mad because we'll go somewhere and we'll drive and, you know, straight there and handle business. And then on the way back, man, I'm taking back roads, scenic routes, and, you know, stopping in ghost towns and, you know, exploring and this and that because uh, I think it's neat. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> there's no other way to put it. It's just, you know, I want to experience these new things. When I got sober, man, I didn't know what I like to eat. I didn't know what my favorite foods were. I didn't know... You know, I didn't know uh, what was going on in the world. You know, I didn't know. There was a lot of stuff I didn't know. And so when I got sober, man, I found out, you know, I like uh, I like street taco. You know, that's, that's really, to me, that's the greatest food in the world. But I also like Thai food. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like, uh, you know, I like being, uh, I like meeting new people now. Um, I like helping people you know i don't i, I like i like doing everything if it's new you know just check it out you know i went to a holistic fair one time it wasn't for me but you know it's neat hearing these people talk about these things and trying to you know crystals and all that stuff and it was weird because i went and i got a headache inside of this pyramid thing with crystal it gave me a gave me a massive headache and it was weird you know to have that to be inside something that has an effect on your body, mm-hmm. it was weird. But you know, I I, uh, I like finding out about myself now, man. And it's, it's been fun. It's been real fun. What made you start? What made you want to get into acting? Uh, or how I, did that? How did it all start? Well, this I think the seed was planted. Uh, my great uncle was Will Sampson mm-hmm. from uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and poltergeist too and he's done a bunch of films i think he's done like seven eight films but uh you know seeing him make it the way he did it it kind of put it in my head that you know you can do anything you know how does somebody from preston oklahoma make it to you know stand beside jack nicholson and all these greats that were in that film and but I always felt like, 
you know, you're not going to be able to measure up to that, you know, and I, that's something that you always feel like, you know, you're not good enough, you're not, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, those were things I had to get rid of in my head. But uh, it was 2009. I'd, I'd been sober almost three years. And, um, man, I had hit the gym and I was working out. And uh, I was in better shape than I'm in now. Um, and I went to that holistic fair that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do these uh, things where they they work with sound, I guess, of their ohms or something like that. And some are high, some are low. And man, it started giving me a headache. So they started telling me about this pyramid that, or this thing that's supposed to do something. But it, man, it gave me a headache. And so I said, "Well, I'm." Yeah, it was in a the American Indian Museum in in Wichita, Kansas. So I said, "Well, I'm gonna go to the lobby and." kind of see if they got something in there to drink that will kind of calm me down or you know knock this edge off so i go in there and the guy that's working the counter he goes hey man did you, did you uh audition for the that film you're doing i said no i didn't hear anything about it and in wichita there's not a lot of natives that look like me you know dark and uh i think i was summertime dark then you know <laughs> real dark and uh, uh-huh. uh you know my hair is not as long but you know there i just know there wasn't a lot that looked like me there mm-hmm. and so I said, he's like yeah it's across the street or whatever and so i might check it out and so i, I wasn't doing anything today. i was just kind of exploring and uh i said well, i'm gonna go check it out so man i went over there and all these people were leaving and i ran into this my old counselor was in there and uh, he said yeah man you gotta go check it out they're still looking for some you know young brothers to come in there and you know do something I said okay so I go up there and um, that's where uh, I forget who I met I think it was uh, oh, I can't remember who it was but uh Oh yeah, man! You ever been in film? You ever done anything? I said, No, I've never done anything. You know, they said, Okay, well, uh, we'll definitely, you know, be in touch with you. I said, Okay. So you know, like I waited like ten minutes. I went in and came out, and I was on my way, and not really thinking about it, not, you know, overly excited, and um, so I leave, and I think it's like a week later. Yeah, we'd like to use you and this and that. So okay, so fast forward to when they start filming, um, uh, it's West Studi, uh, Tantoo Cardinal, uh, directed by Kevin Wilmot and produced by this guy named Thomas Carmody. Well, Wes is learning how to ride this motorcycle. It's an old 19 or 18. It was an old motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm there uh early for some reason i think it's a fitting or something and the, the director sees me and he's like uh you know what all have you done you know this and i was man i've i've never done anything and he goes man he goes, you did that's when i first started hearing that i had this look he goes, man you gotta look you know you know we could definitely do something with and he goes man i can't believe you've never done anything before i said, so, man, I didn't want to go into my past about it you know but i said yeah i just never 
you know, try to pursue anything. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know Last of the Mohicans come through Old Mogan in 19, I think like 88, something like that, 89 or something. And, uh, man, I was buzzed up when I went into that interview and everything. And, oh, shit. Yeah. I, was like, I mean, I didn't care, you know. Like, yeah. Whatever, you know, what's your name, James? You know, what's your last name? White Cloud. No, I was just real standoffish. And, um, of course, I didn't get picked to do anything in that. But, uh, and this film was, uh, the West Duty film was uh, the only good ending. And we arrived, you know, we're doing, uh, I think it was background. Oh, I mean, I was background. And um, so what it was is that we were all at this insane asylum. And West Duty arrives to, pick up this woman which is Tantu Cardinal Thomas Carmody the producer comes over and you know he just like there's a whole line of people and you know he's kind of introducing himself and saying hi to everybody and he sees me he's like hey why don't you come over here and talk with uh, these guys so okay so I go over there and it's they got these three trailers it's hot it's, I think we're at Haskell I want to say we're at Haskell and um they got these three trailers that's kind of in the, in the shape of a U and it's kind of blocking everybody out. You know what I mean? Like it's where like Wes is over there and Tantu is over there and uh, the the lead, the young man, is, I forget his name, is over there. And uh, all the cowboys and everything are over there. Mm-hmm. And we go over there and I'm hanging out with Wes and I'm like, you know, uh, you know, he introduced, or not really introduced, you know, hey, how you doing this and that? I'm, you know, I'm all right, you know, I said, you know, like, what's going on? They talked to me about uh, a part that they were wanting to shoot, but they didn't, they couldn't find a straight jacket from that time period. And I guess that Kevin Wilmot was real a stickler for, you know, actual period piece, everything being, you know, correct. Mm-hmm. So he wanted a straight jacket for this character his name, I believe his name was Hashkey. And uh, West Duty was trying to take on the white man's ways and forget he was native. And my character was supposed to give him this little speech, you know, little about how he's turning his back on his people. You know, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't find that straight jacket, so they just gave me a close-up. And, uh, you know, it was 2000, uh, 2009, and film came out and it was you know it was a low budget feature which you know wasn't a problem but you know you're thinking I moved back to Oklahoma 2012 I think and uh, you think well this, how many times are, is a kid from Oklahoma Omogi Oklahoma going to make it to make films you know mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's 2019 one of my buddies he called me from uh CMN, the College of the Muskogee Nation, and he says, uh, he goes, hey man, are you coming down to this audition? And I thought the audition was the week before, and I just got off, gotten off work and everything. He was, yeah, I mean, there's some guys down here that, he says, man, I don't think they're gonna make it. And he goes, uh, you gotta come down and check it out. There's only like seven people. So, I, I live like five minutes away, so I was like, eh, hey, I'll come on over, you know. And like I said, I just got off work, my hair's crazy looking and I'm you know uh, so I shoot over there and my uh, 
Do you know uh, Will Lowe? Mm, no. Oh, he's he's council rep. Uh, he's big old dude, big mm. old muscle up. He's scouting him because. Oh really? Yeah, and uh, he's big. They look at Will. No, we can't use you too big, man. I mean, he's just big old muscle up dude. Mm-hmm. And so we can't use you. Here's a you got any acting experience? I said no. Nah. Uh, haven't really done, ever done anything. No, nah, so I've been on camera before, but not. Nah. He was okay. He goes, well, you take these sides and kind of read them over, and you get them memorized. You feel good about it. You come back in, and you know we'll read with you. I didn't know what that is. Okay, so he goes, yeah, just the highlighted lines. He started highlighting everything. He's just those lines. So okay, so it's like six lines no three lines and uh i go in this little room i read him for a couple minutes and i come out and i'm ready you know oh okay so they turn the camera on and uh oh let me backtrack i when i made (laughs) the only good ending i met my adopted brother Rod Poker Watch it. He's from, uh, he's Pawnee. Oh, is it? And, uh, 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 Guy Ray Poker Watch it. And Rod makes independent films. He makes no budget independent films. He makes some really neat movies, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> he he let me be in one. It's the zombie film. It's about everybody turning into zombies, but natives. Mm-hmm. You find that on YouTube. It's uh, the only good, or the dead can't dance. And uh, I've heard of that one. Yeah, and he did that, and I got a speaking role at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't suck too bad, but I wasn't, you know, great. But I, you know, I wasn't on camera like it was me walking off, and you could hear me talk, and that wasn't a problem. Well, he does another one a couple of years later, and he's yeah, man, I want you to do this speaking role, you know? Like, oh, okay, and I'm not taking it seriously because you know. It's. I thought it was easy, you know, acting. All you gotta do is say some words on camera. Mm-hmm. Well, the guy that's one of the leads, little bitty, little bitty guy. But if you're an actor and you get any job, you take it seriously. I see that now. You know, this is a SAG a guy that he's a union member, and he uh, he comes in, man, and I'm I'm like, you know, read my lines. Like, what are you doing? What will you, you know, this guy comes in, man, he's, I mean, he's 5'10", 87 pounds or something, you know, a little bitty guy, but he comes in and he's yelling and everything. He kind of like, whoa, what the hell, you know? And I'm trying to read my lines and I'm talking like, you know, keep moving my hands and it was horrible. I sucked so freaking bad. I mean, I can't even watch it. The, when, I went to my first film festival. He was showing that film, and I walked out because I just couldn't handle seeing myself. And I found out that it was so bad that he had to cut it, and you could just hear me talking, <laughs> and which I'm grateful for because uh-huh. man, I was horrible. Well, from that moment on, I said I'm gonna take this seriously, as seriously as this guy had taken it, you know, or everybody else was taking him. I was, you know, just I don't know why it wasn't serious to me, mm-hmm. but. Man, I got in that audition and uh, you know, I let my hair down and I wear glasses, you know, I took my glasses off and you know, I just stared at that dude. And, you know. Uh 
And that movie ended up being a Hell on the Border, the Bass Reeves movie uh, story. And, uh, man, I get there. I, they, they were supposed to shoot in Oklahoma. And the thing that's going on now with the, uh, the rebate, they've got a queue. And if you don't make it into that queue, well, then you can't get a part of that rebate. So Georgia or Alabama offers one too. So, you know, the next best thing to Oklahoma at that time where you can slide right into the queue with Alabama. Mm-hmm. So I'm hearing the film is moving and I'm thinking, you know, well, that's a wrap on that. And they contact me, hey man, we want to fly you out to Alabama and uh, shoot this film with us. I go, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you be ready to go in three days? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> now I hop on a plane and I'm in uh, Birmingham and we drive to the set and I mean, they take me to my hotel first time, you know, doing anything. So, I'm not like, fully aware of what I've stepped into man and I get there and it's uh like there are movie stars here man and I go to my car that next day like oh I was exhausted because I don't like flying I was exhausted mentally from flying and uh so I'm like you know excited hey they bought me a room you know it was, I think I was at Holiday Inn or something like that you know I was all excited like I was really a you know downtown New York or something mm-hmm. and uh, so I order some food and because I don't know that you can go down and just order whatever you want and then you know eat and hang out in the lobby or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, so I uh, you know, eat my room and everything else and the next morning I go down to the, to the lobby you know I get a call time get my call sheets and uh, all these people are just like catering to you it's weird man and uh, so, uh, I'm thinking like, man, they're going to do something to me. I'm all the way out here in Alabama. I don't know nobody, you know, and, uh, they're bringing me food and bringing me sides and asking, you need anything? Are you good? You know, yeah, I'm good. You know? And, uh, so I get to my car the next day, man. And I, I'm sitting there and this guy, this little bitty guy comes walking in, a little bitty native dude. And we kind of get to talking and everything. He mentions his name. His name is Zon McLaren. And I'm Googling him, you know, because I know the way they're treating him, you know, I said, this guy's got to be somebody. And at the time, I guess he had just finished Longmire. He was on Longmire for seven years or whatever it was. And, mm-hmm. uh, that was a pretty big show. He's got a big fan base. But he had been in uh, film for 25 plus years. So he knew my family when they first moved out to Will and him samson all then when they first moved out to la so we had that connection and you know to be an experienced actor like that to meet an experienced actor like that man i was like i was in awe of him well we pull up we got to run to the airport we're gonna pick up another guest so okay so by now man i met a movie uh, in my eyes movie star and um i have an assistant like somebody that's you know gonna help me out around the set okay so we're in this car we get to the airport this tall dude comes walking over and they say uh you know mr davis is that i'm like mr davis i'm sitting there he started introducing everybody and uh vernon davis you know i'm a football fan I'm yeah like, 
Vernon Davis. Yeah. Shit, I'm in the back seat like, whoa. You know, you're supposed to, there's supposed to be a certain etiquette, you know, on films and things like that. They, I want to laugh now still to the day because, like, as soon as we get out of the car, I mean, can I get a picture with you? Uh, you know, this might be my last only film, you know, so the hell with it. Yeah. Can I get a picture with you? Yeah, man, no problem. So he was nice enough, man, took a picture with me. It was his first film, too. But, you know, he's been in the spotlight, so... Uh, you know, I'm like, uh, man, this is, this is crazy. I mean, you got to think, because the day before, I was in Oklahoma at work driving a forklift, and, and not a forklift, but uh, uh, driving, uh, I think I was loading trucks. I was, you know, driving track hoe, operating a track hoe, you know, the day before. Mm-hmm. So now I'm on this movie set. I got my own trailer next to Zon McLaren, uh, Vernon Davis. And so I don't know how to act. Man, I'm walking around the set, and he's like, "Man, yeah, you you want something?" I said, "Man, I, I, I can get some. I should use some coffee." I'm like, well, "Shit, let's go get some coffee," you know. And you walk up to these people, and they're like sending stuff. And he goes, "Y'all got some coffee?" And it's not—he wasn't being an asshole about it, but or you know, like a jerk about it. He was, like, "Hey, man, y'all got you know, you get some coffee?" Oh yeah, yeah, you know. And they're just jump, you know. Bam. I was like, "Well, I said, well, I'm not used to." You know, being on set. He goes, oh, it's your first film. I said, yeah. And he uh, as well, these people's job is to make sure you're taken care of. He goes, if you don't use them, they don't need them. Uh, you know, it's like, not to say that you should abuse them very <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, they're there to make sure you have, if you want coffee, you get coffee. You know, if you want a sandwich, you get a sandwich. Mm-hmm. So, you know that was that was really weird to me. It was so odd, but uh, it I was just taking everything in, and you know, still to this day I can't. It's weird to ask people for anything. You know, I just I just can't. I don't know why I can't. You get used to it, and um, but it was neat that you could ask for something. And it, you know what I mean? It just. <laughs> yeah. it just Anyway, so we go to they they finally call us to set. We jump in these buggies and they take us way up in these hills, this little rolling hills, and they have this. Uh, I think it was barely a tent, but I go in there, and <laughs> I think no, we didn't even have a tent. We're outside. It's cold. It's cold, and we pull up. And there's some guys like kind of moving around and everything, and then you see some people in costume. And so I walk up, and you know they're introducing us to everybody. And it's Frank Grillo and Ooh. Ron Perlman mm-hmm. and uh, David Jesse. I don't know what he's from Interstellar. That's where I know him from. He's a black dude from uh, Interstellar. He's like in Helen and Troy or something like that. It was on HBO, mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah, so I meet these guys and I'm like, they're grabbing everybody chairs and I'm sitting there and they're, you know, we're shaking hands and I'm like, uh, uh, you know, I don't know what to say to these guys. Like Ron Perlman, Hellboy, man. I, I was just, I was in awe. Yeah. And uh, I didn't want to sound stupid, you know, so I just, you know, I'm just going to be quiet. I'm not going to say nothing to nobody. 
Where you from? Mississippi. Oh. <laughs> I ain't never been to Mississippi in my life. Uh, Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you don't know where you're from. Uh, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right, what you got? I don't I know. I forgot. I don't know. What you want me to say? <laughs> Can I leave? <laughs> so, you know, I was trying not to be too stupid because he you know, asked me this little small stuff. I'm just trying to get away from him now. But, man, I get in the scene and, you know, we get on horses and I tell, uh, in that scene, I get to tell Ron Perlman to shut the hell up. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Shut up, old man. And that's my catchphrase. And people that know me, you know, shut the hell up. <laughs> or shut up, old man. And it was wild, man. You know, your first time speaking on camera, you get to tell Ron Perlman, shut up. Uh-huh. So, oh, man. That's, I, you know, I thought that was going to be it. And uh, one person that I contribute, uh, I attribute all this to is Chris Fryerhoff from the actor factory and all that stuff. Uh, because when I got back, he knew that I told him that Will Samson was my great uncle. So when I got back, I think it was like two or three weeks, maybe a month. I don't remember, but, uh, there's another film that was coming up and, uh, you know, he's like, uh, maybe when she come in, this, this producer wants to take a look at you and, uh, you know, you're just gonna come in and do some things and mine some things. And, uh, uh, it's in relation to your great uncle. I said, oh, okay. So I get there and I find out that the guy had written this part in homage to my great uncle in Cuckoo's Nest. And, uh, you know, we go through the audition process and everything. And like a week later, I get a notification. I got the part. Mm -hmm. Wow, this is crazy. So I uh, take off. We're having a table read in uh, Durant. I think we're in Durant. So I'm thinking this is like a local thing, you know, like a small local film. Mm -hmm. And I get there, and all these people are, like all these guys, all these white guys are different. You know, they look at me like this. It's, uh, you know, they're wearing like Hawaiian shirts and jeans, flip flops, and one has an ascot on and the hell man you know what is this I'm, and in my mind I'm thinking you know I've done a film and you know I might I might be the most uh, uh, experienced one of the most experienced people here because I've spoken on film you know mm -hmm. and that's where I learned to check my ego at the door whenever I now I mean I don't know why I ever thought that but it was so stupid of me but now I just when I meet these people man I'm quiet I don't say anything I don't want to look stupid I don't you know so I sit down with these people and I ask this guy I said where are you from he's like LA I said what are you done and he's like uh, I said you got excuse me I've only been in one film because once he says LA I know this dude's done something because he's just got this look mm -hmm. and he's uh, he's like well have you ever heard of what is it, Loose End or something? I forget what the show was called. But I was like, nah, I don't watch a lot of sitcoms. And he's like, well, you know, 
He goes, you know Magnum P.I.? I said, yeah. I said, yeah. He said, well, the new one. I said, uh, no, I haven't seen the new one. He goes, well, I play Rick on the new Magnum P.I. I was like, oh, really? Oh, that's cool. So then that kid, there's a kid to his left of me. I was like, what are you doing? He goes, you got Netflix? I said, yeah. I said, you know, I thought you were trying to be smart. You, know, you, you, know, you heard of the show called 13 Reasons Why. I said, I have. Because I think it was just that, just that week we were talking about it or something. Mm-hmm. And he was on that show. And he was, man, he was a star at the time. And uh, I'm sure he still is. But, you know, I'm like, oh, shit. This is some serious, you know. And I asked another guy. And then I didn't just walk around asking everybody, you know, just kind of, you know, through the night. Mm-hmm. And then he said, yeah, man, I you've seen a show called Cheap Thrills and I had just watched that show like a month before I got this call and if you haven't seen it it's about these two guys that are in a bar it's kind of a down on your luck story and uh, they're in a bar and they meet this millionaire who's uh, wants to start paying him to do all this crazy shit you know I'll give you five dollars slap this girl in the ass and as the night progresses the challenges get wilder Mm -hmm. and it's you have to see it's 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 a good movie, and uh, so anyway, I was starstruck again. And this is Pat Healy. This is the one that's in town now. And uh, man, it, there's another guy, Bill uh, uh, Bill Sage, who is a uh, he's an American Psycho. So, and Stan Shaw, who I know him from, or I remembered him from. Uh, uh, Harlem Knights. Oh, okay. Champ, the one that stutters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's him. He's in the film, and I'm like, "What the hell am I doing?" You know, <laughs> you know how does this happen? <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I do that film, and that was that was a big learning experience. You know, doing that and. Uh, after that, man, there's a guy I worked with on Pale Door that was doing another film, uh, Birdie, and they kept saying, man, we want you to come in and play this cop. And I'm, man, I'm kind of, then I'm, I think I was, I forgot what I was doing, and I was like, man, I'm kind of busy, you know, I, like, I, I don't know what I was thinking either. I was telling you, I got somebody else that could do it. I said, I got a guy that's actually a cop that will come and do it. Mm-hmm. So I had him film it, uh, self-tape himself and send it in. And it's like, nah, we'll go ahead and wait on you if you, you know you need some time. I'm like, All right. So I forget what I was doing at the tribe that one day, but I was outside frustrated. So I just shot him something real quick. Oh, they love I get out there. They want me to play this cop. And uh, Victoria Rowell is in that film. What I know her from is Dumb and Dumber. She's the FBI agent in Dumb and Dumber. Oh, okay. And, but what my mother and everybody else knows her from is she's on Young and the Restless for like 30 years. And uh, so a lot of people know her from that. Man, I got to do that with her. And, and then I finished that and I got to do a, it was a John Swab film. He's a director out of Tulsa. He's he's another one. He, he was addicted to, he might have been an alcoholic. And he got clean and got into filmmaking. And uh, we did uh, Body Brokers, Kevin or Michael K. Williams, and uh, 
Jack Kilmer. Jack Kilmer is Val Kilmer's son, which, you know, it's cool in itself, but uh, I'd say that to say that we were sitting around on set and he, you know, hey man, can I ask you a question? So yeah, you know, you should, uh, what tribe are you? And usually, you know, you meet people they don't know, you know, they, you know what nationality is what you should get, you know, and just what, what tribe are you? Well, actually, I said uh, Creek, and he Creek is oh, okay. He said that's is that from here? I said yeah, and he started telling me about his dad. You know, when my dad got sick, he went to live with the Apaches out in uh, in Mexico somewhere in New Mexico or Arizona, one of the two. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say live with them, but he lives around them. He owns a lot of land up there, I guess. And uh, you know, he started telling me that, you know, he loved, you know, being around the. I was raised around natives, this and that. I thought, oh, really? You know, and that, I thought that was real cool, you know, uh, because when you get on set, you know, the the leads, you know, people are usually kind of kind of leave them alone type of thing, you know, don't don't be bothering them. And so he comes over and he starts talking to me. And uh, the other lead, Michael K. Williams, uh, he, I don't know, have you seen Omar? I mean, The Wire? Yeah. He's Omar from The Wire. Okay. And uh, he does the same thing, man. He's reading like two or three scripts because he's got to do another film when he leaves Tulsa. And uh, he, uh, he's, you know, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah. Or I don't think he said, like, can I ask you a question? He starts talking to me somehow because he's got a crowd of people around him, like, you know, like a bubble around him. And he makes his way down here. I mean, it's, it's, it was a small set, so, you know, you get bored sitting around. So he's walking and kind of pacing. He comes up and starts talking to me. And, uh, uh, where you from, this and that. And, well, I'm from here in Tulsa. And it's easier than saying Okmulgee, 35 miles south, of, you know. So, yeah. Um, here in Tulsa. And, uh, you know, how long you been doing this? Oh, man. I said, oh, probably a couple months. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's really, it's, yeah. He goes, and for him to say that, he goes, man, he's, he's, man, you're pretty good. You know, you can, you can, you can do this, man, if you keep at it. And I, wow, you know, somebody as big as him, uh, kind of gives you that stamp it was something I kind of wear to this day man I think about it all the time mm-hmm. um, because I, I feel like now not just now I feel like I feel like I can hold my own on screen you know uh, I probably need some polishing but you know I'm not afraid to you know when, it, when the camera turns on you got to act with me as well as I got to act with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm going to get intimidated no matter who's across from me, you know? So, uh, that hearing him say that, you know, kind of gave me a little more of that confidence. And, um, so after that, man, I took, I think I, not that I took the time off. It was, uh, you know, it was probably getting towards the end of the year and, I think early 2020, I started, went to a couple of film festivals and then the pandemic hit and, uh, I only did one film last year. I think I did one, I only did one last year and then I did 
just another one earlier this year. Mm-hmm. So, it's man, it's I mean, it was hectic at first and it slowed down, but you know, I think that gave me time, gives me time to kind of see where my heart was really at because um, I got I got the uh, call for Killers of Flower Moon and uh, then coronavirus hit and kind of squashed all that and then they hit me up again when they resumed filming and uh, I was being in the beginning I was being talked to about a scene and then the pandemic happened and they stopped shut down filming or uh, everything had stopped mm-hmm. so now when they brought it back I was being approached about uh, being a background actor and um, I said uh, background, I, not to say that I'm some big star but I don't like background I background is cool let me say this first background is cool and I've got no man when you start out it's it's great it's, you know you're on set and you get to meet people and make great connections but background sucks mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me I don't like the waiting I like I mean I don't like the waiting is it's a lot of weight no appreciation or little appreciation and um, there's not a lot of seems like there's a lot of screen time for what you put into it mm-hmm. um, but uh, I was kind of tossing it around do I want to do this do I want to do this well when my friend Pat was got attached to it because we knew this you know before they started filming that he was attached to it but we couldn't say anything because of uh, uh, I guess you know contracts and yeah things, you know so we couldn't say anything and I said well if you're gonna be there then I'll go ahead and do some background because you know it'd be a chance for us to be you know reconnect and you know hang out on set so when I go for fittings they say hey man would you like to do some uh, standing work I said yeah I can do that so that just puts more time on set and you know maybe like I say you get to hang out with my friend mm-hmm. and um, when filming starts they say uh, you know they give me a schedule and everything I said okay so I'm, I gotta go by the schedule because I've also got a job I got two jobs to work you know so I get the schedule and I say okay this is this is it this is what we're doing this yeah so I go to fitting no we do one rehearsal then I'm off for a week and then I go into a week of filming and I do the rehearsal they say we're off for a week well when I take off I uh, Sterling uh, says he's got a part for me in Reservation Dogs so I said okay well when is that they said well it's tomorrow I said okay so since I'm off Mm-hmm. I'm going to go do reservation dogs. So I go do reservation dogs. I'm on the set. Uh, Killers called me. Hey, we need you on set tomorrow to do some standing work. I mean, I can't make it. I said, you hadn't told me, you know, uh, you're off for the week. So I made other plans. Mm-hmm. 
and um, so they uh, they get someone else, and come to find out, then I lose my position as a stand-in. And all right, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, they changed my background work as well, and so now I'm already taking this time off from my job. I've done all this other stuff, you know, and now you change the schedule on me. I said, man, I can't, I can't do all this. You know, I can't, I gotta have, you know, set schedule. That's what I said in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so they ended up, long story long, I ended up leaving that project because, you know, I feel like, um, I mean, I want to, I would, I would work, I'll work. Yeah. Background, I might not like it, but I'll do it. Um, Especially once I, you know, I said I would. But with their schedule and how they're working, it's hard. I mean, you know, it's, it's not any one person's fault. It's, you know, they got a lot to deal with. Yeah. And, um, you know, it it just, I've also got to pay bills. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just had to go back to work and um, you know I haven't been back since and he, he made it suck seeing everything going on you know you see pictures on Facebook and all this wow oh, man I ought to be there I ought to be there yeah and like, ah, then you think uh, because I know one thing is me from my meetings and stuff is that we got this thing where you play the whole tape through you know what I mean like like when you think you can have a beer and you got to play it all the way through, see where that beer leads and how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. So I know that when I get to feeling like that, I know that I would be frustrated as a background actor uh, because I know what it's like to do this other stuff, you know, and sit back and get. Man, we that day of rehearsals, we just it was raining and everything and they said alright well, what we need you to do is just walk around I'm like man it's raining you know <laughs> they didn't care it's just we need you to do this you know and alright let's go you know I did it no complaints but mm-hmm. you know you, I say all that to say it I, I guess as, a, as an actor I want to act yeah. I want to act and not be a you know a background piece yeah you know so yeah background does suck <laughs> <laughs> i remember uh the first thing i did because i wanted to start acting god i had a full-time job and it's just it's hard to you know try to plan okay well i'm gonna do it i need to make sure that i'm available these days and i need to make sure i put in like pto for these days sometimes like i don't get to pto so I need to make sure, like, like, well, I don't work there no more, but I can call in. <laughs> so, like, I call in and, like, and I hope that it's, like, a one-day thing. And usually they are, but sometimes, like, they'll say, oh, I need you this this next day or some shit. So it's like, fuck. Like, I guess I'll call <laughs> in again and get those points. But, no, but the first thing I did was uh, I was just on Facebook and I was looking at, acting groups like to join or some shit and i joined oklahoma filmmakers i believe and 
whoever runs that, they do a good job of posting all the casting calls that are needed around Oklahoma. And so that's why I first kind of started. And the first thing I seen that I think I could have done was Sick Girl. Have you heard of that movie? I forgot the girl that is the main person. Oh, uh, yeah, that was just like two years ago. That was, yeah, about two or maybe going on three years ago. It's not even out. Like, I don't even know what's wrong with it. Like, no, I don't I think know. it is. Is it out? Yeah. I just checked it the other day. Oh, did you? And it said, like, post-production still, but it might have oh. changed. But anyways, like, I applied for that, and it said background. Like, we need, like, 20 people for background. And then I was like, okay, well, I don't know what that is. Like, I don't know, like, the lingo, so I guess I'll apply for it. And it was, like, 20 people. And so I was like, bet, like, I'll fucking do it. So I, you know, took a picture of myself, sent my stuff in. And then I was like, ah, I probably won't get it. You know, probably won't call me back. And then, like, fuck, it was, like, a week. It was, like, a week prior to that. And they called me, like, the fucking day. The day before they were going to do it, and they hit her like, they emailed me and they're like, Hey, we want to use you. And I was like, Fuck, like, <laughs> in the I like <laughs> yeah, like, like, I haven't like put in PTO or anything. So I had to call in and I said, like, Oh, I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> I can't come in. I'm puking everywhere. <laughs> and uh, so I called in and they're like, All right, yeah, whatever. So, and I, <laughs> I was like, And I think I had to be there by, t- was it 10 or 11? But anyways, I woke up and I called in and then I said, yeah, I'll be there. So I called in and they were like, bring like five extra cl- like piece of clothing or some shit. And I was like, all right. So I didn't know like what we we're doing. It just, all the things said was you're going to be a cancer donor, like donate to a cancer cause. Cause in that movie, I guess she's faking that she has cancer and I forget the reason why, but she's faking that she has cancer, and the scene that we shot was that she's telling everybody that she doesn't have it. So we were there to, like, boo her or some shit. <laughs> and so, man, like, I got there at 11, I believe. I want to say 11 or... I want to say it was 11. And we go to this one... It's a VFW hall downtown. And never been there before. Googled it, or I mapped it out, and I got there... And there's like all these cars there and like these trailers. And I was like, holy shit, like this is crazy. And it's like this small ass building. And so I go in there and there's like everybody in there is like 20 people in there. And like, I don't know what to do. So like I just sit down and then that lady's like, well, like who's here to be a background or some shit? And I'm like, okay, well, that's me. And like, damn, man, there's like people in there that are coming in with like dry cleaning, like all these like neat like suitcases. And like, I just have like my clothes just on my shoulder and I just do them on the table. <laughs> and like, like all these background people are like taking it all serious. And I was like, dang, I was like, and they have like suits and they have like different, like, like it's like good clothes or like athletic or whatever they need to change it. And I have like just polo shirt and like a black shirt and like just my regular shit I wear every day and I just have them on the like on the table and I see people bringing their stuff in I'm like oh I better straighten this out so I start like trying to line it up and everything and uh I'm like damn like kind of shamed out like (laughs) just sitting there like looking all rugged and uh so she's like yeah come like line up you know like line up and we'll hand you this uh paper to fill out to get paid or some shit and so I, we all line up and I grab it and there's like all these questions, like I've never answered before. It's like, uh, 
well, like, yeah, like, are you married or single, like, for the taxes? And it's, like, asking about, like, SAG, like, SAG after And I'm like, I'm like, I think that's, like, if you have a speaking role, I believe, and then you have to have that card or some shit, like, mm-hmm. part of the union. I was I don't think I, I don't know, I just put no. But, like, later on I knew what that was. And so I'm just filling it out, and I'm, like, asking people, like, well, what does this mean? What does this mean? And they're like, oh, just check no, and, like, no, we don't do any of this shit. Like, we're just here to, you know, be a background extra or whatever. Turn it in and then sit there. And they're like, all right, we're going to start filming at uh, noon. Okay. And I don't know what happened, but people were running late and people were running around, like, trying to set stuff up. And they're, like, fucking up. And everybody's freaking out. And it's, like, a it's a really stressful environment, dude. And I'm just sitting there, like, and then, like, these camera people are, like, running around. And the assistants are running around. And, like, some of the stars come in. And everybody's, like, oh, my God. You know, they're, like, starstruck. And I'm, like, just sitting there. And I know, I remember, like, in the thing it said, do not bother them. Do not <laughs> take pictures of them. Do not sneak a picture. Do not ask them for a picture. And you got people running up to them like, hey, can I get a picture? Or like, can I get an autograph? And I was like, hey, wait a minute. This thing said you can't do that. So I was tempted to do that too, but I was like, nah, I better not because I don't want to like fuck up whatever I have going on here. And so like, bro, like it's 12 o'clock. We're not filming. And time just goes. Time goes and they finally start filming at two. But like it's a counselor scene where I guess they're in this there's another part of the building it's a old school gym and old school gym like we went in there like at the towards the end but they're like all right we need people for this and people are like oh yeah like raise their hand and like I see people raising their hand so I raise my it's <laughs> like I'm all fucking late though and they're picking everybody before me and I'm like shit so I was like so I guess it's like a dog eat dog kind of thing and so they like take them back there and they're back there for like an hour and then they come out and they're like, all right, we're going to set up for this next scene, but we're going to eat. So it was like f- about three thirty, and they bring in all this food and I haven't done shit. Like I just been sitting there getting paid for this and it's like, this is kind of cool, but it sucks too. Like yeah. I'm not even doing anything. And so I'm just sitting there chilling and I eat like they have spaghetti and salad. So I eat that. And then like, we're all sitting there and it's like five o'clock and then they're like, all right, we're going to start setting up. Like they haven't even set up for the next scene. And they're like, now we're going to start setting up. And so like they're setting up and that takes like an hour and then everybody's freaking out still. And I'm just sitting there and it's going on like six o'clock and I'm like, dude, I've been here all day. Like I haven't <laughs> even done anything. Just eat. Like I could have done this at home. <laughs> and so like you sit there and eat and then like finally like, they set up and it's probably like almost seven o'clock and man, I'm like tired from sitting around and finally they're like, all right, everybody come back here, come back here. Like, you know, just, just like wait for us to sit you in these chairs. So like, like it's a gym, it's a gym floor, but like in front there's, it's like an auditorium style. So there's a stage. So she's on the stage and like, we're all sitting in the chairs and so they're like, all right, you sit here, you sit here. Like, we want you in front. And, like, I'm kind of, like, in the third row, I think, like, on the aisle part. And, I'm like, I'm just sitting there. And they're like, all right, like, here's, like, uh, I think they handed somebody, like, popcorn and then, like, a 
cup or some shit. They're like, when she says, like, she doesn't have cancer, throw this at her. And they gave somebody, like, a a wiffle ball or some shit. (laughs) And then, dang, I was like, dang, I'm going to hurt somebody. And then, like, I'm just sitting there, and, like, I'm tired. Like, I'm fucking tired as fuck. And she goes through it. Or, no, she don't even go through it. Like, we're just sitting there. Like, we're all talking to each other. And, like, she's up on that stage, like, just... She starts, like, doing cartwheels and shit. Like, doing all these, like, crazy things. And then, like, they're waiting on people to start recording or filming us. So, like, when we finally start (laughs) recording, like, filming, it's, like, nearly 8 o'clock. So, we just went in there to sit down for another hour. They start filming, like, around 8. And then they're like, all right, everybody, like, groan. Like, pretend you're pissy and, like, show emotion to the camera. So the camera's on us. I don't even know like how much like you're gonna use of that. And she's like, "Yeah, I don't have cancer, everybody. I'm sorry, blah blah blah, whatever, whatever line she had." And we're like, "Ah, oh, boo! Like, fuck you! Like all this shit." And then <laughs> want my money back or some shit. And we do that like, bro. It was like seven times because what happened? Like they wanted somebody in the shot, but they weren't there. And then by the time, like, they had a good one, that person did come, so we had to do it again. <laughs> and they wanted this specific person. I forgot who it was, but they wanted this person in there, and then they finally came, and Dad took, like, a whole another three shots. Dude, time flies when you're doing that. So I was going on, like, almost 10 o'clock, and I was like, fuck, like, all that took, like, two hours? Like, it was 8 to 10. Man, I've been here for, like, going on 12 hours. They are like, okay, uh, well, we need, like, maybe 10 people for... To, for the late shots, we'd probably be till be here till like three a.m., four a.m. And I was like, no, like I'm good, like <laughs> I'm getting the fuck out of here, <laughs> like I can't, I can't be here, like because I had to work the next day, and I was like, man, I can't, like I'm not gonna stay here till four a.m. Like I don't even know if we're even gonna film. That was like my first experience as like a background person. I was like, man, I don't even know if I want to fucking do this. <laughs> like, I understand you have to like put your foot in somewhere. Like, I understand that to kind of get the feel and the idea of what it's like to be on set. But, like, doing that is, like, I mean, it's cool. You know, it's cool. You can meet people. You talk to people or whatever. But it does suck because you're just waiting. Like, you're waiting around and you have to, like, be there. You can't leave because you don't know when they're going to start filming. Yeah. Exactly. You don't exactly know. So, it's like, it's like, holy shit, like kudos to the people that do yeah that love background yeah because there are people that make a, a i'm sure a nice paycheck oh doing yeah doing that and but I w- okay here's my background experience every time i've done background it's been in august june july and august so that's a big reason for me you know not liking background yeah it doesn't matter where you're at and then June, July, and August, if you're outside, you're hot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, but I think what got, really got me was when I was doing the, the only good Indian was that when he took me over there to talk to Wes and them, they had given the background actors sandwiches mm-hmm. and chips and soda. And, uh, I go to talk to Wes and them. These guys are having barbecue and, yeah, <laughs> all this other stuff, hot, hot food, man. And uh, so I was over there grubbing with them, and you know, with these, 
these women come up and uh, uh, start talking to Wes. Wes you know, <laughs> Wes is being funny, and we were all talking and everything, man. And they, you know, Wes, I, Wes started to uh, the get damp. <laughs> 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 they came out there. They brought this big old industrial fan over there and set him in the shade and turned this big old fan on. And I was Damn. sitting there. Oh man, that was so good. Uh-huh. Then they, when it got to filming, I had to go back over there with the background. I was like, Oh man, it sucks. I hate, <laughs> I hate y'all. <laughs> but no man, I'm, I'm like I said, I met my my brothers up there, and you know they were like I said, they're instrumental in me getting to where I'm at now. You know, as far as I am now. Uh-huh. And you know, I'm grateful for that, but I don't like background. Was that your only that. background work? Uh, yeah. Oh, it was. Mm-hmm. I yeah. did a golden arm. That was actually fun background. That sounded like a good time. Yeah. Uh, man, I heard, I heard some good things about that. Uh, was it golden arm? I had a. I think another native dude was background in that somewhere, and he was telling me, "Man, that was a fun set." Was it Kevin? No. I think Kevin was in that. Kevin was in uh, Hell on the Border. Kevin Barber. Yeah. Yeah. It's my boy right there. He needs to come on. <laughs> oh, man. I met guy. him on Wild Indian. So. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Was We did Hell on the Border, and I didn't meet him then. I didn't meet him. We had talked, you know, because I think they said we were the only two from uh, Oklahoma that made that trip to Alabama. Cool. Awesome. And, uh, yeah. And because, well... Because he knew he could speak Creek, you know, he could speak a little bit of Creek, and that's all they needed was a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, he knew enough. So he made it, and I made it. And they were having an issue with the premiere of the film. I, I forget what it was. I forget what it was. Um, uh, but, anyways, they, they, Muskogee has that Bass Reeves uh, memorial thing that they do they do reenactments and all this stuff oh okay, yeah and so they were wanting to show it and you know they're real big on it because like i said that's where he ended up retiring and dying at was there in muskogee so you know they wanted to show it and they found out that i was a part of it and the director couldn't make it i forget man i forget what was going on uh so like i didn't know the director or producer or anything like hey man you want to go up there and you know kind of talk about your experience on the film or you know, whatever I said. well yeah you know I was only up there a few days but yeah you know I mean I'll go hell yeah mm-hmm. so uh, me and Kevin had been Facebook friends and we talked you know because we were the only two that made it and well he uh, I tell him hey man they're gonna show that film down here you know, so you, you wanna come down and uh, uh, check it out you know, they want me to do like a and a afterwards. And I said, you can help me out with that. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, we get down there and watch the film. I'm nervous. You know, this is my first time on film, talk, speaking on film. So, I'm nervous. And I, because I was so horrible in the one before that that my brother did, I was like, I can't tell you how nervous I was about seeing myself. And they show the film and we do the Q&A and... Kevin comes down. He looks perfectly fine when we start. You know, he's 
they start asking like two questions while I look over and Kevin is just pouring down sweat. I mean, <laughs> he's talking and he's wiping the sweat. He'll tell you. <laughs> uh, it was it was an experience and I was trying to talk, you know, be serious because, you know, my thing was advocating for Oklahoma film. So I was doing my thing. And <laughs> I keep looking at Kevin. Kevin's just pouring sweat. Porn sweat, and you know it was it was funny because like I said, it was the first time meeting him, and you know, man, I don't know how you did. I'm over here nervous, nervous wreck, and so that was my first time meeting. him He was cool, man. He's a good guy. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna tease him about him about that if I ever see him again. <laughs> yeah, Kevin's really cool. I remember we got to Wild Indian and. uh that one was that one was cool. Like that was background or no? Like that one was crazy because they wanted a uh, drum singers, and uh, it was a indigenous film or something. So this casting call came out was asking for drum singers, and I was like, I don't sing, but I could fake it, <laughs> and so I just assumed they would like either play a song while we're singing or like somebody else would sing, and I would just pretend I knew what I was doing, <laughs> and so. Anyways, like, you know, I apply for it, and they're like, it's like a couple of days before, and it was like on the weekend, so they were like, yeah, we want to use you or some shit. I was like, okay, cool. And so, like, prior to that, I get, like, two different emails. So I get that first one saying, yeah, you're booked for the drum group, you know, wear, if you have Native American stuff, wear it. If you don't, just kind of wear a stuff that's, like, just normal, normal everyday wear for whatever. And then but bring a coat because it's supposed to be set up north. And so it's going to be cold, like pretend you're cold. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. And so it was like this funeral scene and we're supposed to sing at this funeral. And so getting my stuff ready for the day, for the, when I go and it's in, uh, not Glenpool, Guthrie, it's in Guthrie. So I drive from, we, at the time we lived on 101st and Sheridan. So I had to drive there, get there by seven. Yeah. 7am. And so the night before they send me this email, like, okay, we're going to change it. Like you're, you're a pallbearer now. And I was like, okay. Like, so I guess I just wear like, you know, a, all black cause it's a funeral. Yeah, that's fine. Just, but just bring like two extra things to, in case we don't like what you're wearing. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I have some nicer stuff now that I found at Goodwill, <laughs> so, you know? And so I, I bring my stuff. Or no, like, I get my stuff ready, and I get an email, like, right before I'm about to go to bed, it's, like, midnight, and they're like, hey, uh, the drum group is back on, and so I was like, okay, like, still wear the same stuff, and they're like, well, bring that, and then just bring what you're gonna bring before, for the drum group, and I was like, okay, they're like, because it might change, and I was like, okay, so I just start, like, that was the Vessi War. Look at his face. Yeah, James just now, he showed me a picture of uh, Kevin. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Sweating that, it up. I didn't mean to interrupt your story, but I had to show you that picture. <laughs> God damn. And don't be mad at me, Kevin, when you hear and see this. Kevin, you look nice. But mm. you're sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we get there and... Uh, Let's see, uh, they're like, yeah, it might change or whatever. So I'm like, okay, so I just bring all my shit. 
And then we get there, and Kevin's there, uh, Marcus Frijo's there, and John Gibbs, you know, have you heard of him? Uh, I haven't heard of him. He does some acting. Uh, he's in New Mexico acting, and then he's here acting, doing some stuff. But anyways, I met him in New Mexico, and he was there. He was the first guy I seen, and I was like, oh, shit. I was like, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, man, I just saw it, and I just applied for it, and I'm here. And I was like, huh? I was like, what are we going to do? What are we doing? He's like, I don't know. He's like, I got those emails saying it's this or that. And I was like, okay, well, at least I'm not out of the loop. And then, like, Kevin's, like, sitting at the head of the table, and everybody's, like, real quiet. And, like, me and John are just kind of chit-chatting. And then, like, uh, Marcus gets there, and uh, he comes in, and he, like, knows everybody. He knows John. He knows Kevin. He knows this other guy. Marcus who? Frigio. Oh. Keith's IMC. He's, a, he's that rapper. Mm-hmm. And, uh, anyways, he gets there, and he knows, like, everybody. You know, like, I know him, too. And so, like, him and uh, Kevin are talking about the movie some movie they worked on and they're like laughing around and stuff. And so everybody just kind of starts talking, you know, connecting and having a good time. And then I think the lady comes down and she was like, okay, so like, I guess they're supposed to have this head singer or some shit. And he never like called him back, I guess, or got back with him. He did. And he didn't, I'm not sure. So nobody like stoned me for that, (laughs) you know? And, uh, so they're like, yeah, like, so basically pretty much now everybody's just going to be funeral attendees, you know, so they... Oh, I, I'm sorry. I thought you were going <laughs> to say you had to lead or something. <laughs> the, point at me. You got to lead. <laughs> it looks like you can sing. You're pretty big. So you're going to lead. They're like, shit. <laughs> God dang it. <laughs> And so, no, they're like, uh, so everybody's going to be funeral attendees. So I'm like, okay, so dang, like, we're all just sitting in there talking, chilling. A couple of hours will by. They're like, all right, we're ready to start filming now. Like, they never said anything. And so everybody's just sitting down there, like, in the same clothes they came in, like, sleeping. And, like, I got some shorts on and a shirt. And I'm like, well, what do you want me to wear? Like, and Kevin has his, like, that vest that you showed me and a white, like, I think it was a black shirt. And he was like, well, I got this. And they're like, yeah, wear that. And somebody had, like, this beaded hat. And they're like, yeah, wear that. And I was like, man, all I brought, all I have is, like, black, uh, a black dress shirt and some black slacks and some dress shoes. And they're like, well, what else you got? And I was like, dang. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, well, I got this striped, like, dress shirt that for a funeral, I guess. And they're like, yeah, wear that. And so they're like, yeah, like, change and meet upstairs. And there's only, like, let's see. There's only like 10 of us and there's like five of us native guys. I guess are supposed to be part of the drum group. And then like, there's like other people, like five people that are just there. I don't know what they applied for, but they're just there. And so like we go upstairs and they sit us like, so same thing as sit girl. There's the casket and then there's the chairs. And so, I know I walk in, like, I'm supposed to walk in as they start filming, like, I'm late. Right? It's terrible. Indeed. And, uh, yeah, in the time. And <laughs> so I come in late, and then, like, I sit down with, by this girl, and then, like, Kevin gets up. I haven't seen it yet. I want to see it because he has some good scream time. But he gets up, and he walks, and he views the body. And then, like, he looks at it, and he shakes his head, and he, like, walks. And so, like... Marcus is standing up on the altar 
with these two other guys. I don't know who they are. I forgot their names. But then he goes to them and like he shakes their hands and he walks on. And somebody else does the same thing. I can't remember who it was. And then Michael Gray Eyes comes in and he views the body and does the same thing. And then like the scene is like this girl, I guess the person that died is their mom, I guess. And then they get into the scuffle and she's doing her own stunts. So it's like this thing where she's like, she thinks he kills him. I think I haven't seen the movie. I want to see it. So if I'm fucking this up, sorry, but like he, they think, I think she thinks he killed the person that's there because they think he's a bad cop. I'm not entirely sure, but like they get in the scuffle, he throws her down and then he like leaves and they do that like three times. And that was it. Like, so I got there at seven left there by 11 and I was like, that was pretty cool. But then like, they were like, all right, we need people to stay. And I was like, nope. <laughs> like, like I had to wake up early. Like I woke up around 4am and I didn't go to sleep till like one. And, and you had to drive to Guthrie. I had to drive to Guthrie, you know, and I was like pretty hungry and didn't know like what was going on. And I was like, man, I'm tired. Like I went home, I came back and fell asleep. <laughs> But, like, Marcus and those other two guys stayed, so I've been meaning to, like, ask them, like, what did you guys do? Like, I think they actually did a burial scene, I think. And I think they may have sung at the actual burial site. You left at the right time, man. Yeah. So, that I would have probably had to lead then. Have that big guy. Have that giant guy lead. <laughs> it looks like he could sing. What language you speak? Yeah, he looks really... <laughs> So what are you with a uh, Northern Korean? <laughs> was that uh, Northern Express? Yeah, you. Uh, uh, Blackberry Creek. <laughs> it, it's. I'll tell you what, man. When you show up on set, it's exciting. Like mm-hmm. the first day, man. I, I was on uh, uh, the only good Indian. <laughs> we were doing the fitting, and. They came in and they said, oh, we got the wrong stuff for you. But we got these shoes. Put these shoes on. Okay. So I'm standing there in my regular clothes. And I'm, oh, I forget what I'm wearing. But anyway, I'm in my regular clothes and I had to change into their shoes. Mm-hmm. And this lady comes by. She goes, she's looking at everybody standing there. She's all right, good, good, good. She goes, oh, you look perfect. And I was like, this is supposed to be like an 18. <laughs> Hundreds and everything. I, like, I ain't even been to uh, <laughs> costume. Said, she come back with my clothes. You know what you saying about my clothes? <laughs> like, oh, you haven't? Like, nah, this is what I wore in. <laughs> so, man, it's supposed to be out in the sticks and, you know, just native and roughing it or whatever. But, <laughs> Dang. Damn. Cause it, oh, it's supposed to be a town scene. Uh-huh. I was supposed to be in. Uh, <laughs> I guess it got cut from the movie. I was supposed to be walking down this boardwalk thing, man. And every time I walked, it was real loud. It was like, clack, 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 clack. And you hear it. Hey, can you kind of soften yourself? Clack, clack. <laughs> Don't walk like that. You know, was, I mean, it was just, they've shot a few movies there now since then. You mm-hmm. know? And, but, it, yeah, I've I, I seen the film. I've seen the finished film. And the scene was cut. And I didn't mind. I didn't. Because it it uh to me it did it didn't you know it didn't have anything to do with the, the film at the time mm-hmm. because they were supposed to be I guess showing me walking 
down the sidewalk or they're talking and I'm walking past and um, like nobody was mic'd up so all you have is a boom mic which is you know, over you and it's catching all the sound but mm-hmm. nobody's talking so why are you, you, know, I mean, you know what I mean it just didn't I didn't understand what was going on yeah but um, it got cut and I didn't mind I just I felt like um, I wanted that one scene because I get to look you know kind of mean or whatever I didn't want to look I, did, I got this I don't have this thing it's it's a uh, I get to play a, a tough guy all the time so mm-hmm. that's cool you know you don't want to be that kind of soft looking guy you know walking around I don't want to be yeah you know so I want to be that cool tough guy Henchman. Yeah. 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 Because that's, that's, I heard you and, who was it? Leah. Oh, Leah yeah. McCormick talking about, you know, characters that you just get to be. Mm-hmm. And man, I've been fortunate because, I mean, I did Hell on the Border, but, I, uh, you know, I was a regular native dude, you know, in 1901 or whatever it was. I think they were trying to do buckskins at first, and Zong was like, we're not going to wear that, you know. It was, he started telling them, you know, it was a, like, uh, it was this time where, you know, natives were, especially, you know, Creeks were so, uh, mm, what's the word? You know, we had taken on a lot of their ways and everything. We were... Just, just like anybody else, you know, mm-hmm. regular people. So, you know, I was wearing a jeans and jacket and shirt and hat and all that stuff. And then, uh, you know, I played a cop. I played uh, a drug addict. Uh, I played another native guy in uh, this film coming up called Adam First. It's uh, Oaks Fagley. He was, um, what's the kid's name? What was that movie? Peach Dragon. He was the kid in that, and uh, I'd read I got to play a, an arms dealer in that. That was cool, mm-hmm. native arms dealer. I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how you know all this stuff. Everything works in concert with each other to make certain things happen. You know, I met a guy one day, just out of the blue. You know, uh, come up and just talk to me. Uh, you think it's just small conversation, you know? Mm-hmm. How you doing this and that? And I'm glad I met you, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. You know, not to be like that, but, you know, it, it's, it's a, you hear a lot of talk, you know, people want to do things with you. And, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it makes this happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, this guy, he called me one day and, he goes, hey man. He says, you you say you have a daughter, right? And I was like, yeah. I'm like, uh, why? You know? And he's like, well, they're shooting this commercial, and uh, they're looking for a young lady that uh, eight to ten or something like that, seven to ten. I was like, oh, okay. So he goes, so I sent her her picture, and uh, he goes, well, can she ride a horse? And we had just been riding horses the day before. So. I had pictures of her on horse. I sent in that picture. So yeah, she can ride. So 
Oh, perfect, perfect. You know, calls me back. Uh, you know, calls me like for a month straight, just like weekly, kind of checking in. And uh, he goes, "Are you sitting down?" I said, "No." I said, "Do I need to be?" He might. He goes, man, they, they selected your daughter for this commercial. So really? I said, okay, cool. So, you know, this uh, three-day weekend in San Antonio. And, Damn. Uh, you filmed this commercial. And so she went down there and she filmed the commercial. Man, it was, it almost brings tears to my eyes when I think about it. Because, you know, I say, are you sure you can do it? You know, yeah. You know, we're hanging out on set and because she's the only one man it was like a nationwide casting call for it too mm-hmm. so for her to win it it was pretty neat and so we're on set and she's my daughter and everything else and alright Maggie you ready to go she's alright daddy I'll be back she takes off man I see her do her thing when the camera turns on man and she's you know because everybody's got walkie talkies on them and when that camera turns on man you hear them oh man she's beautiful you know this and that and and uh, turn left, turn right, look into the camera, smile, you know, this and that. She's just doing it all, man. And um, it was just, it was cool. It was watching her grow right there in front of you, man. And then uh, I forget how many months later, somebody calls us, says, hey, I just seen Maggie in a commercial. And I'm like, what? We're scrambling around looking for it and everything. And I still haven't seen it live on TV, but mm-hmm. I've seen the, they've got an ad on, uh, like it was on YouTube and this and that, so I could watch it there, but it was a McDonald's ad. Oh, okay. She made that commercial, and man, it's, it's been, you know, it's crazy that, like I said, all, I say that's all, all that to say that, you know, without me being sober, none of these connections would have been made, and, you know, a lot of this wouldn't happen, you know, so... It's you know about making for me about making the right choices and things like that and being accepting of uh, you know of everything you know whether good or bad I can't you know you see a lot of these people on Facebook man I don't trust nobody I don't you know it's like, why are you worried about trusting somebody man just I mean people are gonna be people and mm-hmm. you know things are gonna be nothing life doesn't care about what you're going through. You know, you just got to keep doing you and doing the next right thing. And, you know, it'll fall into place. So, you know, like I said, I, I got no, like, just like this thing, you know, you ask me, yeah, I'll come out there and mm-hmm. talk about myself for a little bit. You know, just, it sounds wrong, but I mean, this is what you're doing. You got to promote, you know, and you can let people get to know you. Uh, because social media only does so much, you know, if you judge me by my social media, you know, you're going to be in for a, a surprise when you meet me, you know. <laughs> I don't always say the right things. I don't always, you know, do the right thing, but I try, you know. Mm-hmm. Not to say that I do say anything, you know, degrading or, you know, put people down. But, you know, I say dumb shit sometimes, you know. and uh, <laughs> You know, it's a... Uh, but I'm far different from my social media page. I try to keep that light and everything. And in real life, I have opinions and, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I, I try not to be harsh, but you gotta be honest sometimes, Yeah, you know, 
Yeah. So, you know. But I don't, uh, I, I, that's what I was telling you about earlier. I, you know, people tell you clean, clean your Facebook up or, you know, you try to keep it clean and, you know, I don't get into too much in politics and things like that. And uh, the one time I did, I said something. I offended like five different people, you know, five different uh, types of people. And, you know, so now I know that if I have opinions that it's, it's kind of hard to say now because, you know, you, when you say that you have certain opinions that you should keep to yourself, people are thinking, oh, he's, you know, he doesn't like, you know, uh, Guatemalans or something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't even know any Guatemalans. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, they're going to say something's wrong with something, you know, yeah. no matter what you say. And all I'm saying is, man, I I don't like, I mean, you know, you, I don't like mosquitoes. Somebody get mad about that. You yeah. Know? You don't know what they do, James. Yeah. You don't know what they yeah. Care of the ecosystem. But I mean, it's, it's just your thought and your, uh, your opinion. And that's where it, it's kind of getting lost now to where, you know, it, it's scary to say something, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I feel like that too. You know, like I have a lot of different opinions, but I try like, Let's use that. So, you hate mosquitoes. I love mosquitoes. But, you know, I know you, so I'm not going to hold that against you. That is your thought. Like, if you hate that, then it's like, okay, well, why? You know, tell me why. Like, I I try to be understanding of a lot of things, you know. So, yeah. I that's where people kind of get, I think that's where they get lost. It's like, they're more, it's more of like, like you hate them, so somebody wants to tell you why you don't need to hate them. Like try to change your mind, <laughs> yeah. and I I don't like that. Like I don't like people that do that. Like if you hate them, cool. Like tell me why you hate them, and then I'm not gonna change my mind. But maybe it'll give me a different. You it'll give me your point of view of why. Like because they're a nuisance or something. You know, yeah. it's like they they carry diseases. Like they go from person to person. They prick people. <laughs> yeah. They... So I mean. It's just different things, and that's where it kind of gets crazy where you can't have an opinion on anything. And for me, it's like the one thing that was crazy was one of my family members was like, oh, like you cuss so much on your Facebook. And I think that was about a thing I posted. Oh, it was Avengers. So Infinity War came out, and you've seen Infinity War. No? Okay, so Infinity War is a Marvel movie. It's his... It all led up to I Infinity. You want to hear about it? No. <laughs> Be quiet. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but it led up to all this, all these things that led to this one movie, and so it was like a cliffhanger at the end. And I put, "Holy fuck, go watch Infinity War" because I seen it in theaters, and like somebody, somebody seen it, and then when they seen me, they're like, oh, "Russell, shouldn't use like language like that," and I was like. Like, I mean, like, if you don't like it, like, unfriend me. Like, don't don't follow me. Like, we're still family or whatever. But, like, this is me. Like, this is who I am. I don't know. And then we got in this big argument. And then I was like, dude, just unfriend me. Like, I'm still your family. But, like, I'm just going to say what I want on my Facebook. Yeah. But after that, I just kind of, I, I just, I share things. But now, like, I post from this, the podcast. 
So that's mainly what I do. And I read, like, funny stuff, or I read my news on there or some shit. See, that's, I mean, a lot of people feel like their opinion is the... Is the one? Get all, get all, yeah. About the issue. And sometimes I'll say something that I don't care about either way. Yeah. I just say it. Or share it or whatever. And there's somebody, you know, that's got it. This is back before I started doing, you know, kind of cleaning or, yeah, cleaning up, you know, what I was posting. Hmm. Uh, you know, because somebody's always offended. So, or, you know, they got to, I mean, that's what starts it off. Somebody feeling like they got to say this. Okay. And somebody's got to rebuttal for that. Mm-hmm. Then now they're arguing. Then somebody else comes so now I just steer clear. I'll share something funny and yeah, that's what I do. You know, <laughs> if you got a problem with laughing, then you know you probably shouldn't be here. You know, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's that's my whole deal. But you know, I don't, I won't, I don't like to. It's not worth it now to say anything too left or too right. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just keep it simple. I read that quote and I don't know who said it's on everybody's meme pages that you know don't post any of your progression just post things that are funny or you know because for one it seems like a lot of people I mean I've got a lot of support I've got a lot of support but it's not from where you would think it would be at yeah you know and so you know I'll I'll post little stuff about my films and everything else. And I watch, I would say I watch, I notice who supports that. And then I'll post something, you know, and I notice the difference between when I post something that is halfway funny or, you know, talking about somebody or not, not talking about somebody, but let's say my nephew, I'll post something, you know, about him, you know, there's a, you know, a meme I'll share and I'll say, this reminds me of you and whatever. That'll get a certain audience that my acting doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it. oh yeah, this is funny. They'll, they'll laugh at all these memes. Let me post something about my movie. Then it's, I'll get a different crowd over here you mm-hmm. know, or some of that crowd will be over here, but there's, people that are seeing this and you know they're seeing this so you know they're seeing this but they're not reacting to it you know so that kind of tells you and you know your Facebook is generally based off people you know personally first you know and then it grows from there Mm -hmm. so you know that base audience or who will group is seeing this and you know it's not it's all new faces for me or not all but you know yeah I guess a lot of new faces and you know I don't want to offend anybody that's supporting me I you know I appreciate everybody yeah but um to me there's so many of us that are you know climbing and climbing and climbing and nobody is saying you know uh is uh, supports it like they support Denzel Washington's film. And I'm not saying you got to go buy anything that I do, but there are a million other 
native actors, artists, and everything that we're not supporting like we do yeah. people that, you know, yeah, that we don't know or don't have any relationship to. And, you know, I, I probably don't do my, you know, my part all the time, but, you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm out there. I'm, you know, I'm talking to these people, you know, I'm trying to build these relationships and things like that. And hopefully, you know, and not, it's not just in entertainment, you know, because we want people to come back and talk to our schools. You know, we want people to, you know, be, uh, we want role models around our students in Omogan. So, you know, we're trying to build these relationships where we can have people come in and talk to them and they don't have to be actors or, you know, you want poets, you want, uh, uh, musicians, uh, you know, all that, everything that goes, when people talk about, um, being in film, I'll use that for example, you all automatically are, a lot of people automatically think of acting. And that's just a small portion of it, man. You got writers, ADs, um, photographers, uh, editors, people do music, people do sound, people mm-hmm. do editing, people, there's thousands of components that go together to make a film. And you can't just fit everybody into this one little slot. So, you know, I think it's important that for people to have to see all aspects of it, you know, see everything that goes into this and, and meet those people. I mean, even, you know, screenwriters, there's these kids around here got a million stories and we're not telling them or allowing them or giving them the space to, you know, so when uh, you make these relationships with these people and you want them to come and talk to you, that you want to expose them to that, you know, so that's, I guess that's my way of, trying to support them and help them help our kids, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're trying. Yeah. We're trying. We got to help each other. Yeah. You know, just like this podcast is helping me, you know, promote my stuff or me or whatever, you know, um, if it creates more films and they sell more and they'll want to do more, you know, we can all get to work. You could be singing in some of the biggest movies out next year. <laughs> singing or humming or whatever, whatever you do. Head <laughs> singer. Really. That's my thing on the movies. Head singer. Head singer. <laughs> Lead hummer in a funeral scene. <laughs> Lead hymnist. Yeah, singing all them. Uh, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah man yeah we all gotta support each other we all gotta stop tearing each other down lateral violence all that fucking shit and just start supporting each other i saw this one thing where somebody somebody made a thing where i don't know who it was but it was just floating around social media it was like so you'll buy like what a 500 hundred dollar pair of yeezys from kanye who you probably don't even know but yet you won't buy a $500 painting from the person you do know. Yeah. And it's like, it goes back to support your local people, you know, whether it be actors, fighters, writers, poets, podcasters, whatever, you know, support your local people that are bringing this stuff to you, you know, because like Kanye's not going to write you, not Kanye's not going to hit you up and go, yo, thanks for the 
six hundred dollars for my shoes, you know. Yeah. Like I mean, so I mean, it just goes to you know support everybody, you know, no matter what the fuck they're doing, you know. Well, maybe I shouldn't say that, <laughs> but I mean, like the good that they're doing, like, like, so, like if they're helping the community out, you know, support that, you know, put a word in on your Facebook, like, oh, like James is like helping out these kids at this school, you know, he's helping them, like he's doing a acting workshop, spread the word, you know, bring your kid and or teenager or whatever, you know, he's teaching this and that, so you know, spread those kind of things, you know, and it's always like, I don't know why it's not a a thing like an actual like thing that should be happening you know yeah uh who was it? i think it was a uh, was it wes and the his assistant the, wes cunningham and Brittany. yeah, yeah Brittany's the, a the, brand manager the the meetup that she had oh native meetup yeah yeah that yeah. see i like the idea of that because mm-hmm. man if there when i was in wichita my brother like i said he makes these no budget films and uh when he said well i'm gonna make this film and i need a school they gave him a school mm-hmm. i need extras hundreds of people turned out to be extras zombies and the, i mean i need a uh, special effects makeup artists special effects makeup artists come out mm-hmm. and that was uh man that was amazing to me when I was there, man, there was something about it, that city that they were always there for each other. All the artists there, they have a thing called Final Friday where they do the, like all the uh, galleries are open and people can usually walk around checking out all the artwork from local artists. And that was dope, man, because everybody turns out for it. And you walk around and people like to have a drink, that's fine. They go to all these galleries, have wine and look at art. But they all do it for each other, you know. They look out for each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was... The city, as well as his family, it was all positivity. It was all constructive uh, thinking. You know, they were all building. They were always planning. They are always doing. And where I was from wasn't like that. You know, it was... Uh, not that there was anything wrong with... I mean... It wasn't perfect, but I was you didn't have that support system like that where, you know, there was always uh, uh, things happening for you to, to develop these interests. You know what I mean? Um, there was parties on the weekends. There was, you know, uh, running around causing trouble during the week, you know, going to school to see where the party was at and things like that and so to be around somebody that was positive you know I was sober and everything was new to me and seeing this uh, seeing this unity with everybody and it was like I kind of knew how the hippies felt back in you know the 70s when there was all this like uh, I would say like free love you know type of thing mm-hmm. but it was you know, it was like that. It was just freedom, you know, to be, you want to be a, a writer? Oh, yeah, man, well, let's sit down and, you know, bang out some ideas and, you know, see what we come up with. You know, you want to write this movie? Okay, well, uh, or you want to shoot this film? All right, well, what do we need? We need a school. We'll get to school. They gave us a school, like, overnight. And, like I said, you know, makeup artists, and we, we need 
people to help feed so the people cooking food and bringing it to the set and stuff like that man and he made this film that not enough people seen or appreciated but uh, you know it was all it's crazy to think that he shot a fully feature film out of love you mm-hmm. know for his love for film and people's love for art and everything to come together like that it was it was really neat you want to be successful at anything you do but in order to be successful in a lot of stuff you need uh, well you need support you need you know small business needs support mm-hmm. uh, big business needs support and when you make these films and nobody in Oklahoma wants to see them I like body brokers it's big on the west coast in Oklahoma in Tulsa Oklahoma where it's made hardly anybody's seen it Support your support your friends, everybody. Like, <laughs> fuck, like, because this this is big in Dallas, Texas. I mean, it's big in Oklahoma, but it's like lower. It's this is big in like fucking Dallas, Texas, um, Canada. I just hit like UK and Spain and Australia and Japan. Actually, like, really? yeah, like this is like, yeah, this is like oh, over there. So shout out to. UK, Spain, Japan, Canada, Dallas, Texas, Oklahoma. I mean, it's crazy, like, because I, I checked the thing, but Red Circle just now updated their analytic thing, and it's, I don't know, it don't make sense. So before, like, I, before they updated it, it was, like, out there. So it's like, oh, that's cool. Like, I didn't expect that. I was just like, I'll start this thing and see what happens. I just want to spread, like good vibes people are like how much you get paid like i'm like well like nothing like i'm not looking for money like i'm not begging i'm not gonna go like at first it was kind of like oh man it's cool if i get sponsored i want to get sponsored i want to make money but it gets to the point where it's like i'm not chasing money like i don't want to chase money because you chase like if you chase money you chase all the things that come with it you know and if money does come with this like cool like i'm open to it but I don't, I'm not around here like begging people for like money and like sponsorships. I'm not, I'm not begging for that shit. Like I just want to spread like good, positive fucking vibes where people can listen and almost like, like when I listen to podcasts, like I listen to people that are talking, like dropping knowledge. Like, I like, it's like a fly, like I'm a fly on the wall. Like yeah. I'm there, you know? Yeah. And you know, maybe they're saying something that I could use later on or have like a different perspective on something. And then I'd look at it and I'm like, huh, I never thought of like that, you know? And so that's like why I like podcasts and bringing different people on and just talking about the shit that they've done, they've been through or the things that they're doing or what led to what they're doing and the things they've worked on. And like, just hear the exciting things. And they like, I always say like, you know, it doesn't take much you know, like to do this, you know, cause this is like, at first I was like so afraid of like recording myself and I hated my voice <laughs> and like, I was just so nervous, but you kind of forget all that, you know, and you just, it's just two guys talking, you know, and you got to get out of your own head and you got to start shirts off. Oh, we're naked, but, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but, uh, <laughs> no, but like, you just got to get out of your own head and that's with acting too. Like get out of your head and, don't worry about what people are going to say, you know, believe in yourself, have confidence, you know, be, just be you, you know, like that's the hardest thing to do is be yourself. Yeah. 
because you're so like with me, it was so hard to be myself because I wanted to be accepted so bad everywhere. But it's like, I have to realize like, not everybody's going to like me, you know, not everybody's going to hate me. Not everybody's going to enjoy the things I enjoy. You know, it's like, and I wanted everybody to like me so much where I just tried to be somebody I wasn't. So it's like, now it's like, fuck it. Like, it's going to be me because I'm a great person just by myself, you know? Yeah. And just talking to people and having a good time. And like, if you don't like me, like, fine, like, cool, you know, but I don't wish anything bad on anybody, you know, because <laughs> there's some people I don't like, you know? Yeah. But, you know, I still want them to get theirs, you know, I still want them to be successful at whatever it is they're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, there's no hate for me, you know? Yeah. I, uh, uh, you know, it's, I'm the same way, man. I, I don't, I try not to focus on anybody else, you know, or yeah. not to say that I don't worry about it, but, or them, I, I know that what I'm doing in my life is for me and my circle, mm-hmm. you know, um, anything outside of that is is all on you what you take in mm-hmm. you know we talked about it earlier you know oh I don't trust nobody man I'm not worried about trusting nobody yeah. if I tell somebody that you know a problem that I've got it's not something you know you're gonna why would you want to tell anybody you know you'll sound dumb spreading that you know mm-hmm. it, it, it's not there's not anything out there that's gonna say uh that uh is newsworthy is what I should say, you know? You're yeah. Not, you know? Yeah. So along those lines, if, if you're not, if you can't trust nobody, you, Oh man, I can't trust you. If it goes down, the fuck are you at where <laughs> if it's going down? You can't trust this person, you know, it's, you know, get quit doing what's going to get you caught up. You mm-hmm. know, um, when I'm, and the thing about, you know, being okay with yourself is that, like it's for me when I'm acting that's that there's a certain peace with it because like you said you know it was hard to be accepted I moved a lot of places man Punk City uh, Tulsa Omogi Preston uh, you know DC uh, all these places and you know always being the new kid or feeling like the new kid and then being a younger brother to somebody that you know in high school was successful you know sister was a success success. you know uh, you're always kind of looking for your niche you know where you're going to fit in at and with acting it's you're here you know you're here with anybody you're you made it if you're lucky enough to get to this point you know you gotta have confidence now mm-hmm. that you can do this. You gotta have that confidence. I'm here, you know, and this is my job. I've got to do it. It's all eyes on me, and there's no second chance or no second guessing yourself. You know, you're, and I don't want it to sound like I'm bragging, but you gotta be able to do this to do it. Yeah, you know. Um, so 
when they yell action, you know, I'm, it doesn't matter who I'm across. Like I said in the beginning, I don't, I don't feel like there's a lot of people that I can't go or hang with, you know, it's something like I said, I need some polishing, but I feel confident now in myself because I, you know, I see myself be horrible. I see myself, <laughs> you know, uh, I see myself fail. I've seen, you know, I see myself get up and, you know, now it's about, uh, you know, when I got sober, I was about, uh, kind of, it's kind of like rebranding yourself, you know, man, I'm more confident now. I was, you know, it's what I, I had false confidence when I was drinking and everything, but now I'm confident. I'm not worried. When I go into an audition, I feel like that's my role to lose. And, you know, being okay with yourself allows you to be dumb at times, be stupid, you know, to act goofy, to, you know, to, because that's really, you know, if it's really in you, you know, you can play any role. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, I got to play a junkie. You know, that wasn't hard, you know, I, I did it for, you know, 20 years like I can do it for three minutes on screen mm -hmm. you know and being confident or being cool with my past allows me to go back there and you know be vulnerable and be you know uh, be uh, used again you know and put it out there to the world man and once it's out there it's out there it's, you know I got nothing to do with the movie now, you know. It's out there. People say, "Oh man, yeah. oh you're damn, you're playing a junkie. Oh, that's fucked up. Why? You know, it's work. Mm -hmm. You got to pay your dues. You got to, you know. Uh, everybody, I always say that everybody wants to be old dog. Nobody wants to be that crackhead. Mm -hmm. But if you want to work, you got to start out as that crackhead sometimes. Yeah, know, and then work your way to old dog. If you seem menace to society. You know, oh, yeah. You understand what I'm saying. But, you know, and that's what I feel is that I'm I'm all right with my past. You know, I can be myself and it'll show on camera, hopefully. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, uh, that I'm acting, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Damn. Instead of just, you know, instead of just saying lines. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you're into it. Yeah. 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 James, man, this was a great time. I had fun. Um, you're you're welcome back anytime. You know, if you got something going on or anything, man, if you just want to come back and hang out, and you know, if you want to come to the war party, that's yeah, hit me up. But yeah, um, but yeah, man, like you're welcome back anytime. Thank you so much for coming over and just let me know everything that's going on with you, man, and get to know you, man. It was really great, man. I had fun. I appreciate it, man. I like I said, the invite uh, excited me to uh, you know get on here, kind of share with uh, everybody what I got going on here. And uh, if you haven't seen it or done it yet, you can go catch uh, or you can go buy uh, Body Brokers. I think it's at Walmart. Now. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think just, we'll head over there after. Uh, we got to go do something, but Body Brokers. Body Brokers. Yeah. Frank Grillo, my man, Frank Grillo. FG. FG. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. It, it's a good one, though. Man, I think that's probably one of the best productions I've been a part of. It's a great story, and it's, uh, it's a true story. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Check it out. Go check that out, everybody. And um, you want to shout out your social media, how to follow you and keep tracking you and everything? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I think I, on uh, Facebook is just James White Cloud and uh, Instagram is James J. White Cloud. I don't do Twitter. I've got a Twitter. I don't use it. Yeah, and uh, your IMDb? Uh, James, just James White Cloud. Is it just James? Okay. Yeah. James Whitecloud, everybody, IMDb, Instagram, James JJ Whitecloud, and James Whitecloud on Facebook. Yep. Go at him. Go follow him. Go check out his past work and his present work and the future work that he's going to be doing. And just keep track of him, man. He's he's doing good things out here, big things. And uh, it's, it's very exciting, you know, to get to know these people and connect with them and hear what they got going on. And, man, I'm, I'm just so appreciative that you came through, man. So thanks once again. Yep. Thanks again. And uh, if you're not following Oki Podcast, <laughs> dang. If you're not following Oki Podcast, please go do that um, on Instagram and Facebook. Go like the page, follow it. I'll follow you back. My personal is Russell Sun Eagle. Go add me up. You know, if you want to talk or whatever, just hit me up. Um, go, please go subscribe, rate, review Oki Podcast. It's on every platform out there. You know, whatever your favorite thing to listen to podcasts on, it's it's on there. I promise you. So, yeah. Uh, thank you once again. And uh, I guess until next time, everybody. Peace.